What is that? That was about? I, I, ne- I meant to talk about. Mm, give me some gain. Nah. Yeah, you, I need to give you some gain, man. You need to be heard. Oh, you're being a, a rock star again. Nah. We Just know. We know what remember. Uh, what happened to Rockstar? What? They got breached. Nah. That's just you imagining things. But anyways, shall we start? Yeah, we should. Uh, Let's start with some news. This time you can start. Go. This is all news, but let's start with this. Uh, last Last pass got breached a couple of months ago. It was probably at the end of November, but actually, as as with all the breaches, uh, I'm not believing almost anything that I can uh, I can hear from them. Uh, they first said that they were breached, then they said there was nothing to worry about, then they said that there is something to worry about, and then they said that uh, the entire set of all the passwords of all the users was were probably taken. But they were encrypted by by uh, different means that should provide for enough security that the user shouldn't be worried. You are such a good historian. Yes, and I the, couldn't remember that if I tried. Yes, and the best, uh, the biggest problem is that once you get all the passwords encrypted, this the only thing that stands between you and all the passwords is the encryption. <laughs> and it seems that the encryption was varied uh, based on when the user actually joined the service. So older users were using older versions of encryption. So uh, all the older users and their master passwords are easier to encrypt than the new users. Probably using some older encryption mechanisms or but less the, secure ones. Yes, but the biggest deal is not this. The biggest deal is that uh, along with the passwords, which are encrypted, which is okay, and the master password wasn't stored in the LastPass servers, which is okay also, mm-hmm. the URLs for all the services that the passwords referred to weren't encrypted. So basically, uh, whoever got the database now has the information about which user was using which uh, service. <laughs> and this is making uh, phishing attacks a lot more likely uh, to succeed because they can actually target you specifically by specifically targeting the users, you, uh, the services you are actually using in a way that you probably uh, need a lot more attention to avoid. So uh, people are afraid, of, are afraid of phishing. People are afraid of uh, old passwords or old encryption services being vulnerable to something. Uh, whatever it is uh, for a given encryption service because nobody knows what the encryption uh, levels were were being used uh, throughout the time this is just particular this is just uh, pieces of information that came from the insiders that usually are basically just giving you breadcrumbs and saying okay uh, this is something that happened but uh, i don't know all the details uh, and the last thing is that uh, Basically, it is never good uh, when your passwords are in one place and this place gets breached. Hmm. So, uh, question. Yes. 
If I remember correctly, you're actually using that service. Yes, 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 yes. I, well, I'm using uh, the service. Okay, I'm not. So how does that make you, you know, feel about the security of the passwords that you were storing in LastPass? Well, I have two opinions, basically. First is, I don't... Mm, uh, I would be lying if I said I don't care. But... Uh, a breach you like should. this, a breach like this is to be expected. I haven't learned about a system ever that wasn't able to be breached. Okay. LastPass is a prime target because they are basically uh, the place that stores all the passwords for all the users. So mm -hmm. basically, whoever creates the LastPass uh, site is able to get all the passwords for all the users for different services. Okay. So. I was expecting that they are going to get breached. So this is not something that was surprising me. Uh, I'm right now depending, and everybody else is, we are depending on the quality of the job they did on encrypting the passwords and uh, creating zero knowledge from their side. So uh, I'm depending on what they are doing with the uh, master password and the encryption uh, on their side to protect my passwords. I'm glad that this service actually created a system that seems to be uh, stable enough and uh, encrypted enough to withstand an attack like this. So uh, passwords are going to leak. Uh, data is going to leak. Your email address is probably uh, has been breached multiple times if you are being uh, if you are on the internet as we are on for the last 20 years or so. Your email address and your data, personal data is probably breached in, in multiple times. Multiple times, probably in, in, in tens or in hundreds. So if you go to I have been pawned, uh, have I been pawned, uh, dot com, you can see mm. that your uh, email address has been breached multiple times. And this is something that is unfortunately becoming normal. Uh, good thing is that there is another mechanism that was implemented by the LastPass that created enough security for the passwords even though they are breached, that would stay encrypted. So this is unfortunate. It was to be expected. And the good thing is that right now we don't have anything to worry about. You think? Uh, right now I do. I do. Because uh, from it's, the... It's weird. You seem oddly relaxed about this. Yes, because uh, it's been a month. Uh, if anybody managed to breach a couple of hundreds of millions of passwords and we should have been seen uh, misuse of all the services uh, that were covered by the, those passwords so we hmm. didn't see we didn't see any large scale misuse so i don't think that the encryption was breached so i'm hopeful that this is going to uh stay the same so nothing is going to happen and this is a good thing to uh have in mind when you're choosing your uh password service because Right now, I don't want a password service. This is where I'm standing. I'm not using LastPass or any kind of service like that. Uh, I am still in the good old fashioned. My my brain is my black book. You remember those small books? Uh, small. Yes. Okay. Yeah, that we used to have small blocks of uh, of paper that we used to have twenty something odd years ago when we started. I'm still uh, 
like a proponent of the way of thinking in which I'm not letting any kind of external service have my passwords. Point. Never going to ever change that. I don't care what anybody thinks. Okay, but I'm I'm on the I'm on the different side. I I think that uh, a password service is needed because Why? I don't want to remember passwords. I want my passwords to be unique for each service. I want my passwords to be complicated and I want my passwords to be long. So we are talking yet again about convenience. Yes, mixed, it is convenient. mixed with a little bit of uh, laziness. Yes, yes, yes. It's okay. inconvenience because Equals progress. That's what you're saying. Yes, because laziness uh, in this particular case can be either reusing the password, using a short password because you're lazy to type it out and uh, basically lowering your uh, security profile mm-hmm. or being lazy by using a service that can be breached mm-hmm. and it is expected to be breached. But then having that in mind, having a much, much, much more robust uh, security profile. Okay. So, I have one, uh, one more question for you before you go on. I'm, I'm sure you have a lot, a lot of stuff to say on that because you've been using that service for years. I've never used it, let's say proudly so, not because of this. So I'm getting no solace. I'm not laughing okay. at your face because of this happened. I'm, I'm okay. pretty sure you noticed that. There are many things uh, that, would, that would make me laugh my behind off. Okay. This is not one of them because it would be irresponsible and downright hostile. But that being said, uh, do you think that my approach is wrong? Honestly, yes. Why? That's exactly the reason why I'm asking you because that's what I got from you. Like the, I got the feeling that you're going to say that. I want, I want you to explain that to me. It's easy. Uh, you are basically, however do you uh, think that you are uh, mixing your passwords and creating them to be uh, less memorable and less easy to uh, decrypt. You are depending about, about uh, you're uh, depending on hundreds of services to keep their passwords in check. So if your password is breached on one service and you're using similar passwords or the same password on different services. Uh, no, I'm not. Okay. Okay, you are not, but most a lot people of probably mo- are. most most people uh, are. Okay, I agree. So you are depending about on hundreds of services being able to keep their passwords safe. Mm-hmm. Uh, I prefer to have my passwords in, on one service being encrypted, being taken care of. I do hope that they are not going to get breached. If they are get, going to get breached, and they are eventually. I'm hoping on their uh, protocols to secure my password as much as it is possible. Because on the last pass, my uh, master password is probably 70 characters, 80 characters longer, so on, so something like this. So I'm depending on complexity of the password and complexity of the encryption to keep my uh, password safe. And then I think that my passwords are going to be okay because I'm using different passwords on different services. So if any of the services get breached, the only thing that uh, this person can get is the, this particular service. Okay. I have two things to object to. Okay. Completely rational the things to discuss. One, there is a valid legal reason why I'm not using any external uh, password services. And the reason for that is of various companies that I work with have ISO 27000, one, two, whatever. Okay. Uh, so I am basically by, by signing contracts with them, which I do have for 
basically protecting the data that they have. I have an obligation not to store those things anywhere. Okay. So that's the first reason. That's that's one of the boundaries that I have. You might not have them, but I do. And it's completely okay. No, It's not like everybody has to have them. But I have a larger problem with this. And this is also going to be a part of our discussion, a part of our discussion in the next topic. I know that LastPass went through ISO 27K certification. I'm yes. aware of that fact. I don't trust that one bit. Just like I don't appreciate 27,000 certifications that were done for cloud companies because for me, being a long, long, long time 27K uh, subordinate user, let's call it that way, um, I know that in order for them to pass that, they, are, they probably had to accept enormous amount of security risks in the measurements that they were supposed to implement. And I don't really appreciate that because I know how that happens in practice. I'm not talking about theory. Theory doesn't concern me at all. But the second problem that I have with this uh, is because of the fact that somebody's passwords leak, you can, uh, you can clearly see that that leads to some other problems, coincidentally our next topic, which is related to GDPR. Because we live in the European Union, GDPR is the law of the land. And password being a private type of data for each and every person, for each and every service, if it gets breached, that leads to larger uh, data breaches on various services, and that leads to larger problems. I'm sure you understand the logic. Yes, but uh, let me let me just pick your brain on one thing. How are you about uh, password storage services that are local, like a keypass? That's actually something that I wanted to also uh, like interject in our discussion. If the service was, uh, let's say, uh, let's say that I have a contract that I work for just one company in twenty-seven thousand one, just to use it as an example. If they had that kind of service and they protect, protected it with some of their operational security measurements, and if they allowed me to do, to do that, I would probably use it. Then second part of those, so passwords that are related to their services, that's what I'm saying. Uh, general, general services that I'm using as a private person, not related to my, my uh, clients' okay. uh, access mechanisms, I would store perhaps on some uh, some local service which is completely within the realms of my management so that I can protect it via my security measurements, etc. And I would probably end up in this, if I were to implement that thought process, I would have to implement that times X the amount of companies that I work for that I have 27,000 certifications, okay. which would be enormously complicated to implement operationally. And that ties really nicely back to the original point that you uh, that uh, we already discussed in short, um, which I made a couple of minutes ago, which is for outright convenience and laziness, I'm not ever going to do that. Okay. Okay. I'm completely fine with you. And I'm, uh, fi I'm completely fine with your uh, because your, because your I, th opinion. I think I think that you are basically not wrong, but I think that you are overcomplicating your life in some part of it because uh, trying to remember uh, hundreds of passwords is basically complicated. It is, and then uh, you are going to give up at some point in time. And most probably you are right. Yes. And this is the point in time when you should be prepared to use some, some kind of service, but you will come to your senses. I know that you are going to, because so 
We are going to. We are just going to wait. We are, you are going to wait for me to come to my senses. Yes. If that doesn't sound condescending, I'm so proud of you. That was excellent job, Yaki. Yes, yes, yes. That yes. was nicely served a plate of condescension sprinkled atop with a little bit of parmigiano. Yes. Excellent because job. Because everybody, everybody comes to their senses. Pr proud of you. Yes, uh, unless if they don't come to their senses, there is a certification uh, requirement that is going to make them come to their senses. So uh, I mm. wouldn't be, for example, right now, there is a obligation basically obligation on uh, 27,001 uh, certification for security that says that you need to periodically change your passwords, yes, correct? correct. There is also a Microsoft recommendation that you do not change your passwords in the cloud and uh, use complex passwords as complex as possible, correct? Mm, no, they have a recommendation to, do, to change them and make them as complex as possible with, uh, with password policy being something. I don't remember what what is exactly what exactly the policy was, but maybe I missed. Maybe you you heard some news that I that I uh, didn't see. That's always possible, of course. Yes. Okay. So uh, the problem is that uh, here I'm gonna right now I'm going to uh, quote from the Microsoft site for password guidance for the administrators. So it says. Maintain a 14 character minimum length per requirements. Don't require character composition requirements, so don't require special characters. Don't require mandatory periodic password resets for user accounts. Ban common passwords, educate users in font registration for multi-factor identification, and enable risk-based multi-factor authentication challenges. So stop for a second. Uh, the, 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 the set of these rules that you just mentioned, uh, the first, let's say, four or five of them, are if if you if you kind of like go about it in a less than honest way you would say that they are completely crazy which they are and but if you combine them with the late the last part of that a couple of uh, bullet points at the end enforce multi-factor authentication etc then it kind of makes sense i'm not saying that that's the best way forward i wasn't aware of this uh i i, I have to use the word this is stupidity I think that this is this is uh, there, there, there's a lot this of discussion. This is practicality mixed with stupidity. No, no, no. This was uh, a lot of discussion summarized into something that actually makes sense. Uh, let, let let me get get things straight. Uh, maintaining a 14 character minimum length requirements actually means that your users are going to need to create a complex password. Mm -hmm. uh, Which is going to end up no, on a post-it note on the keyboard or okay, on the screen or in not, the not requiring character composition requirements means that they're going to create a password that is memorable. Mm -hmm. So, Which is completely opposite to what you want. Yes, but if your password is long enough and it's memorable enough, mm -hmm. people are not going to write it down. And this is the reason why the Microsoft did this. Because the uh, idea behind this was if you make the person create a password that is not memorable and you make the person change this password a couple of weeks, every couple of weeks, every couple of months, whatever, uh, you are going to make this person first uh, use similar passwords and second, you're going to make this person write down the password uh, each time. I think that you're reading this a little bit wrong, or I am. But let me let me kind of like summarize what I'm reading on, on the screen that you are that you are talking about. For me, all of that, what you said, would be perfect. It, it, it just has one thing wrong. 
So if you go back to the original list of those bullet points, yes. the first one needs to be changed. Uh, 14 characters many, many yes. blank requirements. So uh, I understand where you're going with this. You, you don't want, you want you lower uh, No, 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 no. Oh. Of course not. I understand that uh, remembering complex passwords is difficult for vast majority of the users. That's okay. human. So I, I agree. Uh, therefore, uh, requiring complex passwords, which also security-wise makes a hell of a lot of sense, is completely fine. 14 is, uh, is not uh, the number that's good. Um, if the password was 30 or if it was a sentence, so my dog named Bobby is one okay. excellent pet, but I also like my cat named Bobby. Whatever. Yes. If that was a password... Uh, which was required by length or by okay. some kind of password policy, uh, I would agree with you. But and that's they, not what's written there. Yes, uh, because they are reluctant to do this, but they have a they have an explanation here. Okay. So password expiration requirements for users. Mm -hmm. uh, password expiration requirements do, do more harm than good because these requirements make users select predictable passwords composed of sequential words and numbers that are closely related to each other. In these cases, the next password can be predicted based on previous password. Password expiration requirements often offer no containment because uh, cyber criminals almost always use credentials as soon as they comp compromise them. So basically, what they are saying is that... Uh, they are aware of the fact that we are humans. Yes, yes, So yes. they changed all of their password policies of the yesteryear so that they fit the current time, which means that they are trying to, let's say, formalize what they've learned over time that most people are not using password policies in a way in which they envision them. Yes. Correct. So, so this is, this is you, something... You consider that to be good? Yes. Okay. I don't consider that to be good, but I understand. Uh, for me, a complex password is something that is long enough mm -hmm. and is not common enough. So basically, if uh, a password fails a uh, pattern check, so common words, mixed common words. Uh, okay, so get it. Basically, fa fails a normal, uh, normal pattern check. This is for me a good password. Password that has a uh, uh, capital, ca capital letters, uh, lowercase letters, special characters, and so on and so on and so on. Basically, is insanity because nobody is going to remember it. Agreed. So you need to push the users into the uh, in, uh, in a place where they're going to feel comfortable and comfortable enough to use a large password. So that's all cool. I so, understand. So we and need I agree. we need the sentence. Yeah, but there is one problem with that. The users. You know no, 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 no. Yes, of course. The users are always the biggest threat. Yeah, the risk. We all know that. That's not the fact. I agree with everything you said, but uh, all that you said and all that's written in this document omits very one very important aspect, which is the fact that users are not using one password and one service, they're using one password for, for example, Office 365, one of them for Twitter, one of them for Facebook, one for LinkedIn, one for this, one for that. And soon enough, you're going to end up in the same situation in which you, you were before, but you enabled them to use basically simpler passwords uh, in terms of complexity, yet more complex in terms of length. And the end result is not necessarily going to be something that's vastly different. Okay, yes, to the uh, John the Rippers of the world or rainbow tables or whatever decryption mechanisms, yes, but not for the people. And if this was uh, focused on people, which I, I kind of understand that they try to do that, uh, it, they would also try to do something about it, which they didn't. 
Do you understand what I wanted to say? Yes, because they they, they are afraid to commit to uh, completely uh, educated Yeah, because the they would be to blame if they. Yes, were, yes, yeah. yes, yes. But yet again, consider consider there is a password. Okay, let's say I have uh, two different services. One is my LastPass password, and the other is my whatever cloud password there is. So if my password is in quotes. Uh, this is the biggest password for the cloud service, mm -hmm. and my other password is this is the biggest password for the uh, LastPass service. This is complex enough. It, it mentions the service. Uh, I can remember all my passwords without writing them down because yes. I need to just insert the name of the service inside the password, Agreed. and the rest of the password is going to take care of the entropy. So that's all cool. As long as you add the second layer of MFA on top of it. Yes. Factor. yes. If you don't, I disagree. Yes, okay. But MFA is something that we are going to need to learn to live with. Agreed. And fast. Fast. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm even, I'm even, I'm even, uh, think that we are, we are going to be needing to push into the, uh, into the, uh, smart card direct, uh, direction. And we are going to be using, uh, need to be using this, uh, as fast as possible. So. Okay. I think that we, especially the DevOps guys and the guys who are doing the work on different systems, mm. we are going to quickly need to implement not only two-factor identification, but even three-factor identification that is going to include some sort of um, either the free fingerprint or some sort of uh, biometrics. And biometrics. You don't want to go in that direction. Yes, and, and I, I do want to go into the direction. Mm, legal framework says you don't. Okay, but not for the protection of the password, uh, for the protection of the system, because I don't want my fingerprint to be stored on the service. I want my fingerprint to be stored locally to be uh, to decrypt my local pass, uh, local uh, encryption set I that is going to completely decrypt something. Yeah, but you're not going to get that. My point, uh, actually, if, if I can go a little bit to ancient history, we used to have a solution for that problem. Okay. Which was implemented in the 90s, okay. when we started using internet, both of us. Uh, I remember uh, more than a few of our friends working for our uh, academic, uh, academic research networks used to have... Uh, RSA keys? Uh, it, no, 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 it's not only about that. Uh, it was the, what was the name of that, uh, of that uh, token that you... RSA ID. Uh, yeah, RSA uh, yes. ID. RSA ID, yes. yes, but on top of it, uh, uh, please notice that I didn't say triple factor. I said multi-factor authentication yes. for a reason. We used to have also the capability to use S keys. Do you remember that? Yes, yes. S -keys. If you said something like that, like S key and our uh, secure ID, yes. that's what we were discussing, then I'm with you all, all the way. That's absolutely uh, perfect. And I would say reasonably within the realms of reason, statistically unbreakable. Yes, but when we started this, we said that we are going to go into the into the first news uh, because this is going to be only five minutes or so. Uh, so maybe we should. We are we are miserably failing on this on this uh, front, and I think that we should sometime later we should revisit the entire uh, password security user uh, conundrum because users are complicated in the way that they are simple. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to call them any names, but let's say that I don't trust in a common user. The only thing that I believe is that the common user is going to uh, use his common sense to create 
common password that is going to be easily breakable. Agreed. So I want to create a framework that is going to both push the user in the right direction, so not let him use some something that is easily guessable and something that is easily crackable. And at the same time, I need this user to be uh, to stay in the same. So he doesn't need to know why we are doing this. He needs to be comfortable in doing what we need to uh, implement get for the security to implement reasons. the, the uh, security set that is going to not only make us happy but make us secure. Okay. Okay, so let's let's segue quickly into the GDPR because you mentioned GDPR and uh, yes, there is a lot of things that is happening on the GDPR front and the, most of the things are uh, too complicated for the common users. So let you want me to try to uh, s simplify it a little bit? Yes, yes, yes. The, the problem is that uh, with GDPR is that this framework is exceptionally complicated. It's not. Uh, because, yes, it is. No, it's uh, not. No, no. Uh, this framework is the same way, uh, the complicated in the same way that the password requirements are complicated. No, 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 no. I 100% I, I understand what you want to say. And for the common user, uh, GDPR seems complicated because nobody took the time to explain that to a common user in place. The same words. goes with the password policy. Correct. So the, it's complicated for the common user. It's common sense with everybody else. Uh, not the vast majority it's complicated like a very very minuscule scale of maybe percentages or less than percentages it's understandable i understand what you wanted to but say but this is the same thing as with passwords yeah yeah okay because because only the the geekiest of the geeks understand what the problems problems with the plus the complexity are and even we are not able to agree on what the common policy for the password should be. Agreed. Because of the vast number of services and the vast number of ways that you can identify yourself, identify who you are, where you are, and so on and so on. So GDPR is trying to, uh, is trying to solve a couple of problems, not the security problems, but the problems with the data privacy. And I think that it is doing a good job but it is not being transparent no, it enough. It was meant to do a good job. I think it is doing uh, uh, an okay job. Okay job, that's be good. Be because because uh, it is pushing us into the right direction. And the reason why I know that we are doing an okay job here in the United, uh, in the, uh, in the European EU, Union. European Union, because the United States, and this is why I started mentioning United States, uh, sites are blocking uh, EU uh, users. Mm -hmm. And this means that they are afraid. Okay. And there so, is a good thing about being afraid because this means that you actually are aware that you're doing something wrong. Yeah, for international companies, that's a real threat because of the punishments. But let me try to explain to you what I meant by, uh, by uh, uh, let's say, creating a metaphor for how something can be explained in a very complicated sense versus how it can be explained in a very simple sense okay if i wanted to be an a-hole okay act old smarty pants as we call these people you know smart asses and if i wanted to just give a little bit of fancy uh, word work to somebody while explaining gdpr then i would say that gdpr is uh, a re-implementation of 27,001 ISO certificates on private persons 
and I would stop there. And every every single person on the planet who is not into security and or who isn't, you know, certified ISO auditor or something would look at me and ask me which type of LSD that I consume today. Okay. That's, so that's the complex explanation or for the lack of better words, this is the I don't care explanation. The human explanation, which is, in, is I think, rather easily understandable, is the GDPR is meant to protect uh, all of the unique data of every person in the European Union. Male, female, child, doesn't really matter which color of the skin. It's absolutely unimportant what the uniqueness of the person is in terms of some kind of an attribute from their data. You, uh, name, surname, address, all of the, the, the huge list of data being abused by somebody or uh, something. Okay, but I'm going to interrupt, interrupt you there. That's uh, not complicated. Yes, okay, but I'm going to interrupt you there because, uh, as usual, the problem is not in the complexity of the GDPR. No, no, the, the problem the, is in the implementation. problem is the implementation. Yes. The problem is that different people, for different reasons, are trying to, uh, let's say... Um, uh, 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 I'm trying to I'm trying to find the phrase. They're trying to basically create a lot of fog around it, mm -hmm. and uh, they are trying to uh, make it seem less transparent because they have different reasons why GDPR doesn't work for them. Uh, people, you mean different reasons or excuses or both? Reasons, reasons. Because okay. uh, people, as I said, people are blocking uh, people from the US are blocking uh, European users. Uh, the reason is because they know that they are wrong. They know that they are basically selling the user data and they are treating their own users as uh, something to be resold. And uh, exactly not what's happening. They're doing it for, for fear of punishment only, nothing else. Yes, but a lot of, a lot of sites are completely aware that what they're doing is completely illegal on the front of the GDPR front. Mm -hmm. And they, they just uh, took the quick route, quick route and said, okay, we don't care about the European Union because we don't care about EU users. Mm -hmm. But uh, they are aware that they have a problem. And this is a big thing because once you raise awareness, uh, something that is going to look like GDPR is going to, and it is slowly uh, emerging in the US. And they are going to implement uh, those kind of uh, protections pr for their protections from the. They're going to uh, water it down. They're going to say that this is going to be easier protection because they don't want to stifle the e-marketing, whatever, whatever, whatever. Mm -hmm. But we actually need uh, reselling of the data to stop. Agreed. Be because the uh, um, uh, extents on. The extent the, to which the, this the extent is to which mm -hmm. this is happening is staggering. Mm -hmm. uh, the amount of data about you as a user that is currently being stored is incomprehensibly big. Yes. Is in, uh, not only incomprehensibly big, but uh, being distorted by people trying to make sense of it, because people are taking the data that they don't understand mm -hmm. and then creating decisions and uh, assumptions about you and targeting and targeting you based on the assumptions that are wildly inaccurate mm -hmm. and the main reason why they're wildly inaccurate because they are not able to be verified because nobody because nobody uh, everybody is afraid to uh, put them out in the public mm -hmm. so if they decide that you are a cucumber mm -hmm. for some reason i'm i'm, I'm, I'm metaphoric i'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm metaphoric 
you don't know that a particular service decided that you're a cucumber, so you are not going to see any ads for the meat products, whatever. Uh, and you are not going to know what is happening behind the scenes because a decision about you has been made by a, a certain system. This decision is completely unknown to you, unknown to anybody else, mm -hmm. because nobody ch going to check uh, decisions about uh, hundreds of millions of users. So we have a problem. I love the way in which uh, you oftentimes, not only today, use metaphors that include some of the least favorite types of food that I have, okay. that I uh, that I know of. I, I'm just waiting for you to start one of the next metaphors with, uh, metaphors with mayonnaise or mustard or something, because you will know how how hellishly I dislike. Those I did. Things. I did the condescension. That's awesome. I did the condescension uh, today, so I, I'm not going to do it. Uh, in the, 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 you're uh, feeling on the pedestal today a little bit. Yes, 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 yes. That's yes. awesome. I like yes, that. I, I need sauce in the pedestal. Oh, that's awesome. Okay. So, yeah. so, uh, so uh, now, now to your, your, uh, this, okay. this is the small segue into yes. the data privacy okay. framework. So let okay, me, so. let me, uh, let's, uh, let me just continue down the path of the explanation that I was giving. Uh, partially uh, agreeing with you and partially trying to explain to you what the problem with GDPR is. Uh, as I'm sure you know, I've done my fair share of consultancy on GDPR. I did the paperwork for multiple companies. Those projects are behind us. I learned a lot from that. But then again, I was, uh, like I've spent the last 10 plus years working within the realms of 27,000 stack of certificates. So for me, GDPR is very natural. I agree. That's not like that for the most people. Hence the reason why a couple of years ago, I, I wrote a, a scientific paper for a conference that was basically telling what sucks with GDPR. And you know me well enough that, uh, so that when I say something that I'm going to say right now, you know that I'm not saying this lightly. It's prob probably the first and the last time in my life where I said that a regulation didn't go far enough. Yes. Okay. Yes. Because it didn't. And I'm going to give you as the simplest example of that, which most uh, computer users can understand easily. Um, let's say three, four, five years, five, let's say five years ago, there was a big discussion about wireless security. And uh, a lot of the, uh, let's say, uh, articles and even scientific papers coming out about wireless security explicitly said that WEP, web encryption, uh, was not secure, which we know that it isn't. That's, that means that uh, uh, most of the people who understood what's written in those articles switched to WPA2 or something like that, which is easily doable. When you go to your wireless wireless router, you select a new different options, select the passkey, you are done. It's a three second okay. job. Uh, I, I would argue that that's an easy job to do. And also, again, giving credit where credit's due, uh, a lot of that was down to the service providers as well who provide internet access because they give people their routers and wireless success points integrated with WPA2 enabled already, which is a good. You know thing. that I did. I did an article on this, and I did a, I did a piece on a paper on this, and that the basically what was the main thing that I learned about the users is that if you are able to detect the amount of changes that the person does to their configuration, to the, their wireless configuration mm -hmm. at home. 
uh, under 20% of the users act are actually changing the configuration of the router that they get, they're given. Yes, so, but, but so, they were forced to change their routers over the years uh, yes, and, and, because of the service providers' yes, requirements. Yes, so basically, so basically what I'm trying to say is that uh, if you are uh, doing the analogy to the wireless systems... No, 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 it's not an analogy. You're going to see what it is. Give me a second. Uh, if you are going to do this analogy, okay, it is not an analogy, but when we are talking about wireless systems, this meant that basically the vast majority of the security of the wireless systems is in the hands of the operators. Correct. So, so if they are configuring their and uh, uh, like user, user equipment uh, right uh, in the correct way, the security is going to go up. And this is something that we have seen in, in the, the past, in, in, yes. in, in Croatia. We have seen this in the in the world. If it's the, a good thing that if the see, end yeah. user is given the correct uh, configuration, correct configuration yeah. and if the end user is even given the configuration that is turned off and this is okay because mm, okay. a lot of a lot of uh, equipment has been given to the end users especially in croatia i know that uh the wireless was completely turned off mm -hmm. and the requirement was for the person not only to implement the vpa2 but also to turn the wireless when they want to to explicitly turn it off Mm -hmm. So that they are aware that they're turning it off okay. or turning it on. Uh, this is something that actually made sense and made the wireless much, much, much uh, more resilient to attacks. Agreed. Now, this is what I wanted to say. But let, let, let me just say something. I'm going to interrupt you because I want to make this GDPR, uh, this boring GDPR talk. Uh, it's not boring. Yeah, yes, I know, but uh, you are a geek. Uh, let's... let's no, no, I let's, switch, let's switch analogies. Let me just say that you are completely right. Uh, GDPR right now is not going to far enough. But I think that let's pull an analogy to the car, uh, car seat belts. You have to wait a second because I didn't finish my metaphor. But you have to hear it first. So okay. just stop for a second. The reason why I said that GDPR didn't go far enough, far enough is actually using wireless as a metaphor, specifically because nowhere in the GDPR framework, they they explicitly wrote in an article of it that uh, for security reasons, uh, users and companies need to switch from uh, WP to WPA2, which is okay. stupid. Which is stupid. Yes, but the problem is that... Uh there is, there is no equipment that doesn't support it. It's easy to configure, and most of the configuration on it is just like you said, and I could also said, in the hands of the service providers. But the, here is the kicker. GDPR uh, uh, mostly uh, uh, is, uh, is something that mostly companies have to implement. Companies' wireless, wireless networks are a different topic. Okay, but let me, let me just quickly go... That, that's why I wanted to say that it didn't go far enough. Yes, but... Let's first take into account that GDPR is something that needed to be drafted and then uh, agreed on by, what, 28... 30 yeah. countries uh, with different ideas, different objectives, different... Uh, uh, but this is not a discussable topic. The, all of them, I'm, I guarantee you that all of them think, think the same in this sense. So, so let's, let's, let's just do a quick analogy. Seatbelts. Mm -hmm. We agree that if suddenly your car stops and you are not tied down to your car by a seatbelt, you are going to continue. Uh, Inertia. Yes. It, you are going to continue in the direction that you were going as your car, and we are going to end up through the window, through the window, or splattered on the window. Yes. So this is should be considered a bad thing for you. Yes. 
So it should be common sense that people should be wearing seatbelts. Correct. When they, are, they decided to implement seatbelts in the cars, they first needed to uh, say, okay, this is a bad thing to, uh, avoid. Not, uh, to a bad thing that we need to avoid. Mm -hmm. Then it took them 20 years to make the seatbelts compulsory on the cars, not the wearing of the seatbelts, but uh, seatbelts compulsory in the new cars. Then it took them around 20 years to make the seatbelts compulsory to wear in the car. And now we have come to a point where most of the people are wearing the seatbelts. So 40 odd years. Yes, but that from, time from, has long since passed and technology is moving at a much, much it, faster pace. And if we analyze technology for the good and the bad things, which we are usually yes. doing, I think that we should also always take into account that the, uh, you know, the uh, Einstein said that there is a difference between time when you're traveling slow versus fast. Yes. Time is traveling much faster nowadays. Yes, and now the problem is that uh, even with the seat belts and everything else uh, traveling fast and being expanded and so on, there still are people who say, okay, my car has evolved enough to protect me. I don't need a seat belt. Yeah, smart asses. Darwin award winners, basically, uh, because they are eventually they are eventually going to going to end up uh, in a problem, and this problem is going to be deceleration. But um, I, I remember the good, good good old episode of of Top Gear when they were discussing statistics of the traffic accidents, and uh, they said something like they were reading from an article in which they said that speed was the reason for whatever percentage of of the accidents. You could argue, argue that the hundred percent of the reasons why accidents happened is because the some, somebody stopped too late. Sudden stop. Sudden stop. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know. The problem. The problem is the deceleration. The problem yes. is not the acceleration, but deceleration. You basically basically stop too quickly. Yeah, and and physics took took its toll. Yes. Yeah, the, the, yeah, I understand. I understand exactly what you wanted to say. But but the problem is with the GDPR. The GDPR is the first, is an amazing first step. In implement, implementing something that then needs to be uh, reconsidered, uh, written down, redrafted, and then put into into. You do realize that they spent better part of five years drafting that. As I talking said, to as I said, forty years to understand that it is a good thing to yeah, stop yeah, yeah. people from getting thrown out of a let's, moving vehicle. Let's not make equalizations on that part. Yes, because this is something that everybody understands and they say, okay, this is complicated. GDPR is uh, too complex and too uh, abstract for most people. So they don't, they don't understand the amount of uh, different things that needs to need to be considered when we are considering GDPR. So I think that GDPR right now, it's amazing how far it has gone in five or so years that they were trying to implement it. And, okay. But, but, but the, my biggest problem is that right now, I'm not seeing enough traction for re-implementation of the GDPR and for updates for the GDPR. Because they, they, as, they should happen, absolutely. Because as you said, uh, things are moving even more quickly than uh, we anticipated. So a lot of things that are inside the GDPR basically are easily avoided by using something like artificial intelligence to data mining. Uh, okay. you, can, you can create a framework yeah. that is going to work, mm -hmm. that is going to be completely 27,001 compliant, completely GDPR compliant, and then at the same time create an AI or data, data mining uh, implementation that is going to completely avoid whatever what GDPR was trying to protect. 
at the same time. Okay, let's. Uh, I just want to give you a couple of examples to, so that you can understand that. Uh, yes, I agree. There are complexities about it from the business perspective when you're trying to implement it, but also there there, there are so many intuitive details about it uh, that you are going to realize that it's much more, let's say, intuitive than than uh, all of the complexity that you mentioned. So let me ask you a couple of questions. Uh, let's say you go and take a walk outside. Okay. Okay. Are you going to walk outside with your uh, health insurance card uh, showing it to everybody? No. Are you going to walk around with your uh, credit card showing all of the data from it you know, on the street? Of course not. Are you going to walk around with your telephone numbers to, uh, struck to your chest and showing it to everybody? Are you going to do that with your address? Are you going to do it with your, I don't know, um, social security number or something like that? Okay, but I have, I have a counter argument. Uh, you are 90s, not going to do that. In the 90s, you had finger uh, on your uh, Linux machines and Unix machines. Mm -hmm. Everybody was pushing almost all of the data that you said right now, mm -hmm. personal data, name, uh, last name, uh, address, uh, telephone number, and so on, to the entire world, mm -hmm. because it was a way to communicate. Mm -hmm. Things are changing. Yeah, that's what a lot so, of people used to call a temporal more. So yes, so, so, so this, is, this is the thing that I said, uh, right now you are making uh, completely valid points, but those completely valid points are right now uh, completely irrelevant because what we are trying to do and what I understand GDPR is the mo uh, is that is trying to do the most is not protecting you from yourself is protecting you from larger companies reusing your data because they are able to get this information because the problem is not me showing my credit cards to everybody else the problem is me showing my credit card to a person this person uh, creating a valid transaction with me, but then reselling the data about this transaction to somebody else. My, my point was that what used to be walking around okay. with those data struck to a chest is nowadays being on the internet. Yes. Okay. Yes, but you are not the problem. No, no, no I understand. You, you, you yeah. are not the problem. Uh, you walking around with your credit card. You are the Your smallest. Choice. You are the yeah. smallest problem in the chain. Correct. The biggest problem is that uh, a scammer it, is going to take advantage of that. No, no, no. That that the companies are going to take advantage of this. As mm. they said, Google said, uh, "Don't be evil." Mm -hmm. Then this disappeared. Mm -hmm. uh, suddenly, you can use locational data and your uh, credit card data and your uh, cell info data and so on for different uh, things. Let's say. I have a, I have a business. Uh, I want to see how many people are noticing my business in the in the street. Mm -hmm. uh, there was, there isn't anymore, but there was a framework and a service uh, done by providers of the cellular networks mm -hmm. uh, that enabled you to say, okay, who actually passed by my uh, business? Mm -hmm. How old is he? Who is he? Uh, what is his demographics and so on? Different data. Who stopped by my business? Mm -hmm. And this data was actually uh, pretty granular to a point where you could uh, actually identify a single person. Mm -hmm. And this was for sale. Mm -hmm. So you you could buy a subscription service to say, okay, I want to know how many 
males aged from 18 to 23 uh, were going uh, by my uh, uh, office space and how many of those stopped and looked in my uh, window, uh, or window, window uh, shopping window or so. So this was actually available. Mm -hmm. And this shouldn't be available by any means because Correct. because an operator should be providing you with the service and not using you as the data point in selling this service to other yeah, people. Yeah, data source, basically. So basically, the GDPR is trying to stop this. And this yes. is the biggest thing that I wanted to stop. And then the rest of the ETBT details about which kind of privacy are we going to implement. But first, we need to stop the information being resold. Okay, two things. Uh, agree. As far as I'm concerned, done, the discussion done. Uh, two things. Um, there are different classes of data and location data up to a point is something that's extremely important for uh, IT services because uh, it enables users of those services, specifically, let's say, websites, etc., to have the convenience of uh, being served with data by the most convenient location. So lo okay. location meaning um, you have uh, your service all over the world. If you're a global service like Amazon or whatnot, if you're sitting in Germany, you want uh, that you want to be served by uh, servers that are in Germany, UK, UK, US, US, etc. Load balancing is based on that idea. Uh, so it's different if somebody is trying to uh, sell geographical location, which is broadly general, versus selling everything else. I'm not saying that it's not a part of the same story, but uh, uh, location is something that changes constantly every but this, day. This is not a problem, yeah. you know? Because no, 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 I know. I just wanted to, to tell you, you don't have to defend it. I understand what you wanted to say. I just wanted to say that there are valid reasons why some of the services might need some of those data. But I understand for this. The for the convenience of the but, but we are not talking about this because your credit card data is needed by a service. Yeah, if you punch it in and you want yes. them, forget it. Forget so it so if you want to uh, do some kind of service, I don't know, uh, you want to stream YouTube or you want to stream Netflix or whatever, uh, your location data is important to the content distribution. Yes. So content distribution network is going to uh, use this location data. I'm completely uh, fine with this. But the problem is when this data is being resold yes, yes. for different I know. purposes. I know. And this is the reason why I like GDPR. Yet again, we are talking basically about the morality of the story. We are, we are talking about defining the lines. Yes. We are trying to, let's do another analogy. We are trying to define what the drugs are in order to make some drugs illegal. Mm -hmm. Because right now, some drugs are legal, some drugs are illegal, some drugs are prescriptive, some are not prescriptive. Mm -hmm. We need to define those lines. And we are trying to define those lines with the data. Okay. And data is as you can, I can basically harm you with a spoon, mm -hmm. but should spoon be, the spoons be banned? No. So this is the, this is the thing that we are yeah, trying to solve. We are trying to define the boundaries and we are trying to define what should be done in which, in which way. Okay. Uh, actually, the reason why I wanted to discuss GDPR is completely different to what we were just discussing now, which again... Let's do Microsoft bashing. Let's do Microsoft no, bashing. No, nah, it's not about bashing. It's about reality. They're just a metaphor in a sense. So a couple of years ago when the whole hoopla with GDPR started, so this was uh, four years ago or so, maybe Let's not call now. it hoopla, it's an implementation process. Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, you call it whatever you want, I don't care. Um, 
uh, one of the things that happened was that uh, a lot of people who are IT guys, just like we are, uh, were really afraid of what's going to happen after GDPR uh, implementation takes place and afterwards, after May 20th, 25th, whatever, whatever year that was. Reason being that um, the location of the data started being a very important aspect of how you are protecting your data of the company within the realms of the European Union. That's what it was. So here's what happened. A lot of our compatriots in, in the line of work that we do went on various types of services that their companies were using, and they started basically digging data and stockpiling data about various services in a sense of where they are putting the, the data that you are sending to them. Key example was actually Office 365 and Azure. Reason why that is important is because people went really with a fine comb okay. to every single line of, of text that was written on written on Microsoft website. I know that because I've done hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours of education about both GDPR and Azure and Office 365 and whatnot. And I noticed from the feedback from our, from the students for the from the class attendees that I was doing, that they went really deeply into that. Uh, here's the reason why. Uh, if you went really deeply into the documentation, and uh, if you checked the locations of where data from Office 365 and Azure was backed up, okay, you had a big red flag there because uh, a while ago. Uh, while GDPR was already in place as a legislature, uh, so it, it was a valid legal framework already. It was in production, as we say. The data from Azure Active Directory was being backed up to the US for the European customers. Yes. Okay. Yes, Microsoft took a little bit of time and they fixed that and they published that, etc., etc., etc. All of that is cool. They, uh, of course, a reasonable person would act all, uh, you know, justice and say, yeah, you should have done that before the deadline, blah, blah. Let's not get into the political discussion about that. But actually what happened as a result of all of that, and this was just one fuel on the fire okay. of, what, of what happened, is that uh, the privacy shield between EU and US uh, ended up in court and was struck down. Okay. Which meant that basically if you want to go hardline, and if you want to be completely legally correct, you you had the chance to say that most of the most of the processes of exporting data from EU to US was legally outlawed, unless there was there were some provisions like standard contractual clauses and etc. There there were some like roundabout ways how you can do it, but it was very difficult to do that. that okay. Way which meant that basically overnight thousands, thousands of different companies in the EU and thousands of their uh, uh, compatriots on the US side were left with no legal way of sharing data, okay? So Microsoft slowly over time, for example, in there, I'm just using them as a metaphor now, not as the primary suspect or something. They fixed some parts of that, etc. But it took them a long time to fix, uh, fix some other things which were still unfixed a month ago. And I saw uh, an article uh, roughly a month ago about Germany, and I'm sure you saw that. They said, yeah, we are done with this. Office 365, go away from our schools and from our education because we are not happy with the way in which you are treating the personal data. And their 
basically a, a legislative body which was in charge, uh, which is in charge of uh, being like the, the governing body of GDPR, just like ECB or and uh, uh, ICO in UK. Uh, published a report in which they said that they are not compliant. They started working with Microsoft to fix some of these errors in 2020, which now now it's all almost going to be three years. But the the, the Germany thing that happened, the, the the ban happened actually two months ago or mo a month ago, month and a half ago, which is much more recent. And all all the while, while that was happening, because of the fact that Privacy Shield was struck down in the European Court because of the fact that the implementation of any kind of privacy between EU and US was basically impossible in terms of data export, they started negotiating, let's say, a new version of that document, which is the reasonable approach and the way in which that should be done, okay? So they started talking about something that's nowadays called the uh, what the transatlantic data policy basically this was something that was enacted a little time a couple of weeks ago perhaps president in the u.s signed it the european union uh, went through the process ECB, uh, ecdb which was the european governing body for the gdpr also went through it all good all fine but the, at the end of the day when you look at all of that and all of the timeline and when you look at all of the things that happened in Germany, if there were some other processes in France and all over the EU because, because of all of these problems, uh, I would say how convenient that for years and years they were basically still probably most of the companies exporting data. Nobody did anything about that. And yeah, I'm sure that the, 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 the thing that happened in Germany was in no way related to the fact that finally they were able to stri strike a deal that finally legalizes the, ways, the way in which the, this can actually legally be done. Again, okay. this is the way in which it should be done. There's no argue there, so that's good. But it stands to reason uh, to kind of like conclude, and this goes broadly to the point that we were discussing earlier as well. You can make a lot of things happen in today's IT and in today's legal framework governing some parts of IT related to privacy of the data, for example, in this, in this use case, if you put your mind into it. Okay, but let me now, for the common people out there, let's sleep with common people and let's, uh, let's say, okay, what is the point of all of this? I'm going to the play. Point? I'm going to play the. Devil's advocate uh, now. No, no, no. I'm going to play the stupid one. Now. Okay, that's so. Cool. Computers go the, so GDPR goes what? Okay, so two things. Thing number one. Finally, we have uh, yet again a legal way of working within the EU and US transfer of data, which okay. is governed by very strict law, which has perfect sense. Okay. And as a result of that, going back to my Microsoft metaphor, they implemented some kind of a data boundary policy, which is going to be enacted in a couple of days from January 1st, which would finally put geographical limits around European Union, okay. as it should be from day one, with, uh, with uh, their most commonly used services like Azure, Office 365, Power BI, whatnot, so that they finally are, let's say, compliant to the original idea of the GDPR. So for the end users, that's, that means that uh, the you know, what used to be uh, the uh, regular process of exporting data between whatever EU company and whatever US company is now going to be governed or otherwise 
uh, it's going to be either banned or sanctioned or both. Uh, you mentioned Twitter. Yes. And I... Coincidentally, I think that that's our next topic. Yes, because I have an axe to grind. Uh, I have an axe to grind because I want to say, okay, Twitter has done a lot of things in the past couple of months. Uh, I think that from the sync incident that Elon da did, uh, it has been... Do you know what the sync incident was? was? No. Uh, unfortunately, uh, Elon, Elon was trying to make, Elon Musk was trying to be funny and he said, let that sink in. And he actually uh, went into Twitter uh, campus with the actual sync in hands. Uh, just Google it. Let October 26th. Yes, okay, but uh, there, there is an image. Uh, let that sink in. I'm not sure with uh, if we are able to uh, show it. You are going to you are going to need to uh, 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 do the do the honors and say are, are, should we show this or not? But there is an actual image of him uh, putting walking, the sink yeah. walking with the sink into the Twitter's. Uh, yeah, into now Twitter's. I remember what it is. So, but this was something that happened a couple of months ago. Mm -hmm. uh, Twitter went from being a publicly traded company to being a private company. Okay. Uh, it took Elon Musk $44 billion. Mm -hmm. So uh, for the normal of us, uh, it's uh, one to the, uh, 10 to the power of $9, billion, uh, $9 uh, in cash or in cash and stocks. Times 44. Uh, so times 44. Uh, because I hate the billion million uh, problems that we are Same. faced with uh, faced with when you're talking with uh, those guys uh, across the pond. So he paid forty four billion dollars for the Twitter. It's now his company, mm -hmm. and he's alone, mm -hmm. which is also more than partially uh, wrong because uh, he didn't get his money in. He got his own shareholders, so he borrowed the money from different interest, interest groups. Mm -hmm. So different interest groups gave him the money to buy the Twitter because he didn't have $44 billion. Mm -hmm. It took him quite a while to uh, get this money raised from different groups because he had to share his uh, shares in the Tesla. He had to get different people to, get, to loan him the money because he needed to pay, pay out the private company at a certain price. Okay, I have a question. So uh, I have a couple of okay, questions. Okay, 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 start. A couple of questions which might seem strange. The first one, you knowing me is not going to strange, uh, is not going to sound strange. Why do I care? And uh, uh, so in, in brackets uh, explanation, I'm not a Twitter user. I've used it uh, for six months as a part of a program that was publishing links to my articles on it, never ever published, I think a single tweet uh, as a private person there. So uh, uh, in, in this segment, I'm going to be the, the stupid one and you're going to keep on trying to explain to me why do I need to care about any of this. And uh, also precursory to the future discussion, if this discussion becomes political, 
which it might because it's a, oftentimes it's a little bit, uh, let's say, leftist, rightist, centrist, this and that. If I start yawning, please don't uh, don't uh, uh, hold it against me uh, because uh, the, the reason why I'm going to do that, if it happens, is because I don't care about Twitter at all. Okay? With, the, with all of that being said, so why do we care about all of this and what's the significance of Twitter uh, for our everyday lives especially in the in europe please explain so so let's let's first talk about different things uh let's talk about twitter in context of social networking uh twitter is not in any way the largest social network there is okay uh also twitter is not the most influential social network okay uh there are bigger social networks than this than twitter uh, facebook is much bigger uh, Instagram is much bigger, uh, TikTok is much bigger, and so on. But the reason why people were relying on Twitter is because the because of the reason uh, one of the reasons that Twitter uh, or because of the way that Twitter works, it used to be the fastest way to learn what is happening in the world. So if something was if that information is correct, now it it used to be the let 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 me let me go into details. It used to be that this was the fastest way to find information in the world. Okay. So if something happened, you if you heard that something happened somewhere, you were able to search and find th stuff on the uh, Twitter that was basically real time. Mm -hmm. You were able to find uh, live streams of uh, things happening. You were able to uh, find uh, uh, tweets from people who were actually there. Boots so, on ground. Yes, yeah. boots on ground. And this was a good thing. And this is something that Twitter did more or less uh, 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 great in the first five or six years. Yeah, by default and by design. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Then, uh, as it is in uh, as it is in every news media and social media, uh, first Twitter became news. So suddenly, it wasn't only people sharing information. Uh, it became a channel of people sharing information and trying to make curated information. So trying to push the news that they were trying to push to the world with bias. Mm -hmm. So different companies uh, try to push their own uh, messages, uh, promotional messages, uh, polit political messages, influencing the influencing, uh, outcome of the uh, voting and so on and so on. Elections, and so on. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Uh, as it is, there is no such thing as a political medium. Okay. Uh, every medium needs to be political, at least in a small, small, small way, because some kind of moderation always exists. Uh, How does pol pol polit being political relate to uh, being moderated? Please explain that to me. Uh, the problem is, if you try to define politics, mm -hmm. uh, the way of running the country, or running something, some political system, uh, every kind of influence to uh, what is being said mm -hmm. can be considered political. Okay. Because if you say, uh, I'm going to yawn if you mention politics, mm -hmm. I can say you shouldn't yawn when I mention politics because you are being political. And this is the biggest problem. This is a catch. And then, um, then I'm going to say that you're gaslighting and I'm yes. going to be correct. Yes. And then when you're uh, uh, calling gaslighting into into uh, this, uh, this, is, uh, uh, this, this is going to be a big problem because we are talking politics when we're talking anything it soon becomes a shouting match that's what yes I and okay honestly i don't care about politics me neither because uh 
what I do care is about people's uh, health, mm-hmm. people's uh, people's uh, uh, well-being, well-being, people's mental health, and this is this has become a big a big problem with the social networking because first too much information is being spewed out b- by all the users and consumed by no, others no, 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 on no, the no, other no. side no 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 uh, the problem is the output of the information because suddenly uh, there sh- there needs to be a system that is going to uh, create enough um, it's going to filter enough information for you to be able to keep up with while at the same time all the people that you're inter- uh, interacting with are spewing out information so imagine on twitter you are following people the same as in fa- facebook mm-hmm. uh, there isn't a single social network that is going to give you every post of every person that you are following mm-hmm. because it needs to uh, dial down the amount of information that you are receiving mm-hmm. otherwise you're going to be overwhelmed so first problem is how do you choose which information to show how do you curate 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 the information, information. Is going to okay in an ideal world this is going to be done in such a way that you are not biased okay but the problem is that people tend to like things that are polarized uh, if i say today is a great day mm-hmm. this is not going to get too many likes Mm-hmm. So the sky is blue is not going to get any likes mm-hmm. but if i say the right is uh, wrong mm-hmm. this is going to get engagement and the problem is that since everybody is trying to make money because mm-hmm. you need to pay for the services everybody else uh, you need this engagement for people to stay on the network mm-hmm. and then you have a tendency to bias your filters in such a way that engagement becomes the target So you are trying to uh, engagement equals tar- your target target equals opportunity opportunity equals money. Yes. Okay. And the problem is that once you start fidgeting with the algorithm that is going to uh, filter out the unnecessary messages mm-hmm. because you suddenly you say okay if a given user posts 10 uh, 10 messages per, per day. Mm-hmm. And I need to get this information out to his 2000 uh, 2000 followers. Mm-hmm. Uh I'm going to filter out because every follower has a 2000 uh, 2000 uh, followers that he if he follows. I'm going to filter this down and I'm going to just push two messages uh, per day or three messages per day. I'm going to get all the rest of the messages from a, p- a particular per- a user to another user. If this user is uh, engaged and if he's uh, continuous scrolling okay. but in the first couple of minutes of using a, a particular service the service always wants to give you the widest possible choice of different things that a person has, uh, because has said it needs to learn about because you it so needs to learn about you and you narrow it down yeah yes and it needs to get this engagement going and as soon as you start uh, applying filters mm-hmm. the question is which filter filters to apply Okay, I still have a question. So I'm, I'm going to get to, I'm trying to explain to Twitter what, what Twitter is. So Twitter remained the main source of real-time information, but suddenly this information was uh, filtered. Mm-hmm. And people were expecting the real-time information. They could get the real-time information, but they needed to search for it. 
Uh, the reason why it is interesting uh, from the political perspective mm -hmm. is because if you are able to fidget with the uh, algorithm that uh, gives you the uh, gives you the uh, uh, timeline or it gives you the information from other users, you are able to do a lot of things. Mm -hmm. And first of those is to you are able to basically completely bypass the GDPR requirements. <laughs> because people are actively using your service. Mm -hmm. They said that they are giving away the GDPR rights because they have said that by using their service, they are giving the, uh, the right, uh, the US service the Which way. Which is against the law. It's not against the law because it, it's, it, it, it says that if you are into, uh, if you enter into a contract that says that you are completely aware that what you say is completely public and you are publishing your data completely by itself and it is needed for the person to be able to uh, establish the communication, then it's up to the user. User can be, and Twitter has the, those kinds of filters. Uh, for example, you cannot uh, post your uh, on anybody else's uh, phone number. Mm -hmm. if, if it's going to try to uh, uh, understand what is a phone number, then it's going to basically delete it out of your, uh, out of your mm -hmm. timeline. Regex. Yes. So, but the idea is that suddenly you have an enormous tool that is able to influence a lot of people mm -hmm. easily. Okay. And now we have come to a point where there was a public company that did this, and now this is a private company that is doing this. Okay. And it is obviously so important to Elon Musk or to somebody else who is paying for him, because he, as I said, $44 billion wasn't only his money. Mm -hmm. It is so important to get this kind of uh, leverage on the social media market, that they were willing to uh, basically uh, bet on $44 billion to be able to buy something that is not as big as Facebook. Mm -hmm. And I think that the main reason is because the Facebook is too big. Uh, nobody is able to buy the Facebook and use it in such a way that it, it can use Twitter. So Twitter is influential enough and cheap enough to be just the right size yes just the right size to be used as a tool mm -hmm. to influence people but affordable enough to be able to be bought okay still have a question yes i know i know you do i, I have many of them but i'm going to let them out one by one so i started with uh, why do i care which basically is still unanswered from the uh, human standpoint but okay i understand what you wanted to say but i have a better question which I think usually sparks a much greater discussion. Maybe you can explain that to me because I might be too old, too stupid, too something to understand that. Uh, one of the most, most commonly used keywords that you were using in your uh, 10, 5, 10 minute rant that we just heard okay. was information and real-time information. Okay? Yes. Why do people need to uh, need to know everything in real time? Why do they need such an enormous amount of information? Because, correct me if I'm wrong, we used to live happily, actually, I would argue much more happily before we had all of that information. Because they want to, basically. Why? Uh, for some reason or the other, people feel, com feel compelled to be connected to other people by learning a lot about what is happening around them. And this... This may be a person thing. You're not a person's person. So... Oh, yes, I am. Just not, not in that direction. Yes. So, uh, 
this may be a thing that is uh, strange to you and me because I don't understand part of it. Mm -hmm. But the problem is that people are... Um, this is the same reason why uh, articles on the so, on the media, not only on the social media, but articles in the media that covers the lives of popular or uh, known people mm -hmm. are read. Uh, why do you care what is uh, being worn on a whatever birthday of whatever person who was once seen uh, half naked on a yacht of another person somewhere? I don't care at all. Yes, but a lot of people do. And this don't you think that that's a problem? I think that this is a problem. But we are not now, right now, not talking about the problem. Why not? Because we are talking about the reason why there is a problem. Okay. Because the so algorithm... The, tr the Twitter is the source of the problem. Uh, yes, one of the biggest sources. Okay. All the social media is a problem. Okay. Because uh, the way the algorithms work, mm -hmm. they are trying to make people even more dependent on the uh, news. Yeah. And they are trying to create news out of things that are not news. Correct. So suddenly somebody says there is a car crash in my uh, backyard and they are completely adamant that something was crashed in the backyard and I don't know, there was a draft and uh, the door closed too, uh, too, too loud. But suddenly you have a, a couple of people on Twitter saying, okay, there was a crash on whatever, such and such street. And people are suddenly saying, okay, uh, this is news. And it's not, but it inter it's interesting. And For the, me, that's just a re-implementation of Big Brother. Yes. As a show, TV show. No, 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 no. But the biggest problem is that suddenly you not only have uh, news that is not news. You information also that's not information. Uh, you well, have the, some information, just not all that relevant. Uh, you did your uh, bit of editing of the media. Mm -hmm. I did my bit of editing of the media. Uh, it used to be that uh, journalists had some sort of, let's say, weight behind them. Mm -hmm. They were able to say what was okay, what was wrong, what was right. They were able to say what was moral, what, what wasn't moral, but uh, they applied their own filters. And the most important thing, they were able to apply the filter of time. Uh, when something mm -hmm. happened... Perspective. Uh, when something happened... Uh, they got the facts, then they try to understand the facts, then they try to understand the background of the, all the facts, and they, they formed an article. Uh, and, uh, yeah, okay. And Twitter it. completely eliminates all of those things. It just gives you the glimpse into uh, supposed facts without any filters, and then it filters those things that it deems that are not important to you. So you are suddenly looking at the, something that is happening through a distorted uh, small, small, small hole that is showing you the reflection of the thing that is happening. And this is the biggest problem because you are uh, creating a real-time feed of a completely uncensored uh, stream of data that couldn't even be considered facts. It's just something that is from a viewpoint of a person who thinks that he knows what is happening. Okay. Again, and, I and, have two things to say. And uh, the, the, reason, the reason why I'm telling all of this is because, as I said, a lot of people like this. Both you and me, we don't watch television. Yeah. Uh, a significant amount of people around us watch television. 
So we are not younger good. people don't as a tendency. I okay, think. but but yeah. significant amount of uh, uh, amount of people do. Yeah. Uh, the problem is that we are not the target audience. Of course. And the problem that you have and that I have with some medium is that I completely misunderstand or or uh, I completely downplay the significance it has in the life of a normal person. Mm -hmm. And the biggest problem with the social media is that once you start applying uh, filters mm -hmm. and you start applying personalization, because it's the next, next thing, because it uh, enables... That's why filters again. exist. Yes, but personalization of the filters is even worse. Mm -hmm. uh, this means that you are creating a narrative that is going to be spe uh, specifically targeted for a, uh, for a particular person. Mm -hmm. So... We can we can do a short we can do a short uh, demo of this. Uh, I usually do it this when I'm doing uh, when I'm doing any kind of. Just give me a second. I need an incognito window. Uh, can I say something? Uh, just just, just give, me, okay. give me a second. Let let me switch to let me switch to this and let me just open my YouTube. So now YouTube has absolutely no idea who I am. Right. Incognito window. Okay. Yes. Okay, I need to accept my cookies. I'm going to accept all the cookies because I want to accept all the cookies. It's going to give me some uh, some ads and it's going to try to give me information that it uh, it expects me to uh, choose. It's going to give me uh, Mr. Beast as a very no, popular it, it's dude. Going, it's going to be, uh, give me some some uh, some football facts. It's going to give me some uh, natural facts that are going to probably be interesting to somebody. Popular music, popular things. music, popular uh, social things about uh, Elon Musk and the a AI. Uh, some cars, some smartphones, some uh, try not to laugh challenge, some local whatever this is. Uh, some shorts, some shorts, uh, ha uh, 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 half-dressed uh, women, half-dressed men, mm -hmm. some music. Mm -hmm. So, and then, for example, let me cl click on this one, uh, Life in Winter. I'm mm -hmm. just going to click on this, watch it for a second without, the, without, uh, uh, we, we don't care about the, we don't care about the ads. I just need to go through the ad, P please edit it out. And then. When the video is uh, uh, being shown, I'm going to go back and I'm going to refresh my page. Mm -hmm. Now, suddenly, uh, I have only yeah. one football. I have this guy from Himalayas. I have fish. I have a sheep. I have Mr. Bean in the pool because it's water-based. I have uh, something uh, about nomads and Mongolian wolves. Mm -hmm. Suddenly, my things had changed. Yeah, personalized. Then, yes. So when I uh, please uh, click on nomads, when I say, okay, this is something that I want, mm -hmm. I'm going to let it uh, run for five seconds or so. And then go back to the... I'm going to go back to the front page. And yeah, refresh. And I'm going to go to the YouTube because I obviously did it too many, too many times. Uh, suddenly, I have tools, I have Russia surprise, whatever. Then I have all some wolves, uh, roasting beef, snow mm. geese, a lot of nature, a lo lot of nature, a lot of, lot of uh, dogs, a uh, lot of animals. So suddenly, uh, YouTube has started learning about me. Mm -hmm. And this is a big problem because what is going on is that, uh, my attention 
is being directed. So suddenly I am being directed into into the uh, something that's going to be interesting to me. Mm-hmm. But this is a benign thing mm-hmm. because or, or supposedly benign. Yeah. Uh the problem is when you are being directed in the realm of uh, text messages that Twitter, Twitter is known for okay. and information that Twitter is known for, suddenly your bubble is being created around you that is going to filter out the information that uh, Twitter thinks that is not re- relevant to you. So you are suddenly getting uh, biased information. Okay. So call it leftist or rightist or whatever. Don't care. Uh, you are going to get your information biased in such a way that you are going to only see the information that is going to confirm whatever you are doing because Twitter wants you to stay there. Mm-hmm. It doesn't want you to get mad. Mm-hmm. All the social media uh, social media do this. Yes. And there was, a, there was a guy who was doing the... We can do it in, the, in, in one of the sessions. Uh, there was a guy who was clicking uh, I like on everything on, Twitter, on Facebook and he said that after an hour or so, he uh, stopped doing it because he was afraid that he's going to uh, get on a no-flight list uh, the, <laughs> on, the, on the government, because the media became uh, first, it started leaning to the left, then it started leaning to the right, then it became radicalized, mm-hmm. then it suddenly uh, started showing uh, videos on how to overthrow the government and so on and so on. Okay. And suddenly he said, okay, I need to stop this because this is going to be a problem. Mm-hmm. I don't want to press like on every video that I see on the Facebook. So he was conscious. Yes. And he, he did that consciously. It was an article in the New York Times, I think. Uh, New York Times, I think. Uh, and this is the biggest problem. And the, uh, the, uh, the reason why we care about Twitter is because Twitter is still a huge, huge, huge inform, uh, information source for a lot of people. And you don't want people around you being, being brainwashed. I understand what is happening. So I have down... Uh, graded my usage of Twitter just for this reason and I had to make a conscious effort to uh, find the network because I need my shot of uh, social media and I had to make a conscious effort to try to avoid politics and try to avoid being negative because Twitter is negative as accessible it, it, it can be mm-hmm. uh, I tried to I had to make a, a conscious effort to not be negative mm-hmm. and try to uh, create an environment that I can talk about different things the the way I did it is I switched to Mastodon I went to a completely technical server because servers are heavily moderated in the Mastodon world and then I started only talking about Linux technology Windows ham radio and uh, stuff like this. Yeah, so, the things that interest you. Yes. Okay. Yes. Because suddenly I became less sarcastic. You don't want to become less sarcastic, but I understand. No, no, what no, you but, but yeah. less sarcastic in the way negative that I, way. Uh, in a negative way. Yeah. So this is the reason why the Twitter is important to me. And this is the reason why we shouldn't be uh, dismissive. dismissive about Elon uh, doing what he's doing to Twitter. Okay. Because he's making Twitter. Uh, free, he's making Twitter not lefty, but first left and right, I don't care. Me neither. And making something not something usually means that you're making something else. Yes. Because you need to solve the primary problem. How do you curate a, a feed for a person who is following 2,000 people, 
who are uh, creating 20, in, in all 20,000 messages per day. Mm-hmm. Nobody is able to read 20,000 messages yeah. per day. So you need cu- to curate this down to, I don't know, 200 messages. Okay. How do you make this work, be engaging, and be completely unbiased? Okay. He, he, he has no way of solving this. Mm-hmm. But he's saying that he solved the problem. Mm-hmm. No, he just spotlighted the problem. But I think that spotlighting the problem only means that we now have a nice view of the problem and people are... Hmm. not seeing what is happening in the shadows. Okay. 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 Now you with your questions. Thank you very much. Okay. I I, uh, wanted to make a cautious effort to listen to what you, you were saying, because for me, Twitter is, you know, if not the least, then the second least, the least important thing in the world. I can know you're old. uh, Facebook is for you. No, 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 no. No. LinkedIn. No, you know very well that I come from. uh, Yammer. Stop. (laughs) <laughs> no, <laughs> for the love of everything that's holy, no. Okay, so let me now, uh, give me a couple of minutes to kind of like go into into this discussion from my standpoint. You but know, we, we need to go back to Yemen, please. Yeah, please. We, you should, yeah. We, we, should, we, we should do an episode on it. That would do, be do, cruel, do, do, cruel punishment. Do we have enough information about Yammer uh, and people who are using it to do an entire? Well, we are going to have to. We're going to have to take some shovels and find some. But okay, let me go back to this. You know very well that. So we met roughly around 1995. Okay. It's going to be soon. It's going to be 30 years. Okay. And uh, we met at college, but we also exchanged a lot of messages on something that can be uh, uh, treated as a precursor to the social media, which is called IRC, IRC, yes, uh, Internet Relay Chat. Uh, I spent a gazillion of hours on it, just like you did. Yes. But I did it for my own personal reasons. I don't know which were yours, so I'm not going to judge them because I don't know. But I do know what were mine. Uh, What were mine. So... Uh, I started talking to people there because it seemed interesting, and it was, and vast majority of the people, like 90-something percent, were really cool and engaging <clears throat> social media. Yes. And uh, the 10% that were negative and obnoxious and everything, I just filtered them out. I don't care. So that led to me being trained to ignore stuff that is irrelevant. The same, the same is thing yeah. with me. Yes. Yeah, okay. So that's the first reason. We are basically uh, hard trained to ignore uh, things that are irritating us. Yes. And we are pretty quick to actually uh, dismiss, that. dismiss it and block it. Yes, yeah, okay. Uh, second reason uh, was a much more conscious one, which was I wanted to um, start conversing uh, on something some kind of a service because that's the age at which this was born. But I wanted to do it in different foreign languages because I wanted to train myself. Yes, 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 yes. So I've spent hundreds and hundreds and thousands of hours on various external uh, IRC uh, servers, uh, especially in English, uh, where I uh, learned a lot about it. Uh, A lot of it that still to this very day serves me very well. Uh, I also did some uh, French, some German, you know, it was a conscious effort of actually uh, trying to improve myself, okay? So that's the background uh, from my standpoint to the looking glass of what social media is today, okay? Yes, I have, wait, I have two questions. Wait, wait, I have to finish this first. Then ICQ happened 
and everybody was there. I still remember my number on the Yes, ICP. me too. Yeah. Okay. And my password while we're at it, because that's the topic that we were discussing earlier, but less important. Then it became about, I don't know, Skype and whatnot. That, at least in the European side of the fence, in the, in the US it was uh, AOL and all of those things. It doesn't really matter now. It's not a topic. But for me, hearing everything that you just said about Twitter just makes me want to reiterate my deep and solemn belief that, that the, these sorts of services shouldn't exist. Okay, let me explain to you why. You mentioned information, access to information, real-time information. Then you mentioned how basically it got poisoned. But, it got, but uh, that service got poisoned by the people who were using it. Yes. Not the algorithm. People were the conundrum that drove the, the algorithm in that direction as well. Because we still have the AIs, MLs of the world learning about what people are saying so that they can extract whatever they treat as knowledge so that they can also, uh, you know, curate information which is going to be shown to the users, which is kind of partially crazy and irrational in a way and yet completely understandable from business standpoint. Both of us come uh, come from a time when things were vastly different. I'm not saying this as a ode to yesteryear, which was all that much better or whatnot, but I am talking about the quality of information. Uh, we both watched this certain television show where this was heavily, heavily discussed, not going to name okay. any names. But I do prefer my uh, my age of uh, the Cronkites of the world, of the Huntleys and Buckleys of the world, when everything was cur curated from the perspective of time, okay. knowledge about certain topic, presented in a certain way, which was probably, uh, it, it's not politics, it's truth. That's what we are looking for. So that's the first thing that I wanted to say. So therefore, you can see that uh, as I present this, I am not a Twitter person. By definition, I'm completely opposite of what. Let what... me let me ask you uh, a couple of questions. Okay. First, do you think that you were addicted to RC at some point in time? Yes. And the second thing, do you think that RC was heavily moderated? It wasn't heavily, but it was moderated. I think it was heavily moderated. It was in, in in good channels. It was. Oh, in massive channels. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes, because. All the channels had the moderation, yeah. and uh, as soon as a lot of people uh, started, uh, considering, no, no, started considering some channel as a popular one, mm -hmm. a moderation had to be done mm -hmm. because the information overload became a problem. It's not the information uh, overload. At that point in time, it was just pure negativity. Yes, yes. It's the same with Twitter. Mm -hmm. So you are an ideal victim for the Twitter. Mm, I, I, but but, yeah, the problem is, but the problem is that you have grown up. Yeah, I don't need to be a victim of that. Uh, the reason, the, the only thing that I miss from the old media, mm -hmm. I had an old editor uh, that was uh, working in a magazine uh, or um, in daily newspaper in Croatia, who was teaching me a lot about journalism because we both used to be journalists. Uh, and he was teaching me about all style of journalism. And the only thing that was, and the biggest thing that was uh, happening then, uh, the editors were completely aware what the uh, desired audience was mm -hmm. and what was off the limits. So I was asking him how to create a compelling front page. Mm -hmm. 
there was a there was a dialogue how to create a compelling front page for the for the daily magazine mm -hmm. or for the daily newspaper not magazine a mm -hmm. daily newspaper so an actual daily seven days a week uh, a huge 100,000 uh, circulation on um, yeah, for our market huge for, uh, uh, 4 million people in uh, Croatia 100,000 uh, per circulation per day mm -hmm. so a huge 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 information front, uh, front page he said blood sweat and tears but not directly mm -hmm. uh, ideally all three of those but not directly mm -hmm. because he said that if you show blood mm -hmm. if you show sweat if you show tears, it's too direct. People mm -hmm. don't relate to this, mm -hmm. especially with blood. Mm -hmm. So when there was a huge, back then, when there was a huge thing happening, there was a huge uh, explosion, something awful happened. Mm -hmm. You wouldn't be able to find images that you're able to find today on the, on the media mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. people depended on things being filtered enough to be digestible by a normal person, mm -hmm. to understand, normal person was able to understand the intensity of what happened, but still it wasn't something that make, made you sick. Mm -hmm. Today, media is trying to make you sick mm -hmm. because this counts as engagement. And Yeah, again, going to the point that I made uh, in one of the previous episodes, people need their dramas. Yes. And Twitter is great in providing drama. And uh, if you want to, if you want to find drama, yeah, perfect place. Yes. So, what you you can create your own drama. Mm -hmm. uh, right now, there is drama that says uh, we have something called uh, French salad here. Mm -hmm. So, uh, the one drama was: is it called French salad mm -hmm. uh, at all? Because French don't call mm -hmm. it French salad. Understandably, uh, not, not not even by a close uh, by a close proximity. And the other thing was: uh, should uh, should there be apples in French salad? Okay. This is a huge thing that people actually talked about because people have too much time on their hands. But the problem is that uh, only... By no, 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 it's not that they have too much time. They find, uh, find time for things that they consider to be important. No, they find time uh, for things that they consider to be... Uh, Fun and engaging. Uh, engaging for them to not think about their normal lives. And That's this the definition of, let's say, semi-psychosis. No, it's escapism. Yes. It's, it's a normal thing. It's a normal defensive mechanism when, you have, when you're living in a, uh, in a complicated world. Yes, but not as a daily thing that you do years and years and years in a row. Then that's a condition, I think. Yes, but uh, believe me, a lot of people have this kind of condition. Yeah, yeah I know. I know. So, so I'm not dissing on them. I'm just saying. So, so what we are talking about right now is we are trying to establish that uh, social media exists. Uh, social media is hugely influential and not moderated enough. Almost all the social media is not moderated, not moderated enough for and the health of every normal human being. Yes. The okay. social media that is moderated and that exists is usually public, uh, publicly owned. So stock uh, exists. So it is uh, directly responsible to its stockholders. So it is going to create moderation that is going to maximize the return and the money that is being lent to the people. Uh, you're companies. explaining me uh, money as a uh, as a source of corruption yeah G yes and then suddenly mm -hmm. there is a company that is privately owned mm -hmm. because you don't have any other companies that is pri that are probably privately owned in the social media market mm -hmm. everybody else is uh, uh, shareholder based mm -hmm. so right now you have a, a 
whatever you call it, outlier, uh, okay. black, black swan, whatever. And right now, this is why everybody is taking a look at Twitter. Okay. Cool, cool. So, explanation works. So th th this was the idea. The idea is not that Twitter is uh, so influential. The Twitter is a social experiment and a media experiment that is going to be uh, talked about because there is a huge information person in, in, in front, a huge amount of money has changed hands. We don't know all the shareholders in this money because they're always shareholders. Mm -hmm. We have seen the price of all the other stocks that uh, uh, Elon Musk is uh, involved with drop. Mm -hmm. There is also a political component because Elon Musk has uh, his own share of influence, enormous influence in uh, space travel, in global communica communications. Mm -hmm. So it's uh, he has implied, uh, implied uh, consequences uh, in uh, communications right now in Ukraine. Mm -hmm. There is a huge story about Starlink not being available and being available. And, I know. And... Uh, Two tweets from uh, Elon Musk uh, created a huge controversy. I know. So there is a lot of things involved and people love drama. Mm -hmm. So this is right now an enormous story because there are so many viewpoints that you can take and all of them are interesting. Yeah. Okay. I'm only interested in one. Hence what I want to, uh, the second thing that I wanted to tell you. I discussed this with you uh, and I, we also discussed this with our students here at the university and i think it's a valid point to be raised if nothing else i think it should be used as a metaphor for something that can be uh, learned uh, or source of learning or source of uh, knowledge uh, if uh, if not necessarily about a concrete topic that i'm going to use as a metaphor then about the process of how to do it um, we both come from the age of printed media uh, I'm not talking about our careers now, just the general people. We read our fair share of thousands of pages of various types of magazines over uh, tens daily. of thousands, tens yeah, yeah, yeah. of thousands of pages. We okay. have created thousands of pages. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm, I'm completely not interested in that. I'm just saying. And I want to tie this out to something that happened to me over the summer, uh, which was a very big event for me, which is partially to blame for some of the things that I said today as well, um, and which is something that I think can be used, if you want to, as a tool to drive yourself to, let's say, to a better um, overall state of mind or whatever. Because I am actually interested in those topics, although I'm a little bit nihilistic uh, uh, at the general generalizations about those things. So here goes. Over the summer, uh, or just before the summer break, I got in contact with uh, this dude in uh, UK who said that he is going to send me a, a CD or DVD with uh, PDF uh, versions of the old American Byte magazine. Okay. And he sent it to me for basically for the charge of the, you know, post postal office service. It was, uh, I wanted, to, I was actually actively looking for a source for that because I wanted to read some stuff uh, and I wanted to learn about some stuff related to the old ways of how people were producing articles because uh, the journalistic bug has kind of like escaped me, left me 
a little bit for uh, for uh, a certain period of years. And after both of us spent the, the past two years writing some books which are available on Amazon, um, I also felt a little bit empty in terms of creativity of writing something, putting something on paper, because the, the two books that we did are more than 1,000 pages long. So that kind of like ate away, sapped away my energy for writing. I was looking for some a new source of, let's say, some ideas or something. And sometimes people, oftentimes I would argue also, uh, try to go to their roots for that. Okay, I think that's a, it's not an emotional process. I think it's rational as well. Then it becomes a little bit more emotional, perhaps. And uh, the, that DVD was sent to me, came to me uh, like via, via post office uh, around, let's say, the beginning of July. We had uh, the exam terms and all of those things we had to do. And after that, I went to vacation just like you did. And I made the promise to myself that I'm going to try to read as a part of my vacation plan at least the first 10 issues of that magazine. Okay. So I put those 10 PDFs on my iPad because I have a tendency to read. I usually don't read anything related to IT or technology or work at all when I'm on vacation. So uh, for the past 10 years, I've made a conscious effort never to read anything about anything related to anything that I do. Okay, so but only this can be considered, okay, okay, this can be considered a history. Yeah, yeah. So you're, wait, you're reading wait. history. Yeah, basically, yeah, but still technology. So this was uh, actually quite a change of pace for me because before more than 10 years, I haven't read a single line of text related to anything that we do uh, when I was on vacation. I opened the first issue, the first PDF. Went through the first couple of pages, first editorial, cool, went through that, all good. Went through the impression, all good. Went through the second editorial, all good, and came to the first real article in the magazine. And it was an actual real article. Yeah, no, 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 it was way more than that. Let, let me explain this. No interjection. The article was, if my mind serves me correctly, about something like uh, uh, creating and operating, so creating in an electronic sense, electrical sense, basically doing soldering and everything on a piece of equipment that would become a serial port for a computer of that yeah. age, yeah, okay. which was basically something like Z80 based machine or something like that. It was something like 15 to 20 pages long, maybe even more. It contained, it contained schematics, the theoretical background, the practical background, basically like a top-notch article that you would consider to be a part of some kind of a very deep scientific book. Okay? I went through the first five or six pages, took a deep breath, then went back, re read the rest of the pages, and after that I felt the need to A, uh, take my iPad and smash it to, uh, to the ground, and B, I wanted to take some kind of a blunt, blunt weapon and hurt myself. Not because I'm uh, in any way uh, negative or because I am um, depressed or de depression prone at all. It's not that type of feeling. It was anger. It was rage. Reason being that I haven't read such a competent article in the IT magazines ever. And that gave me another outlook to what I was writing as a journalist slash editor all the way through the years when I was still doing it. I thought I was doing, let's say, a decent job. I never said that I've 
I kicked ass or something. I, I thought that I was doing a decent job. And I was for that era. But for me, actually, that was a, a reading that bite from, I don't know, 1984 or something like that, which was, uh, bite then was a popular magazine in the IT. It's not a professional deep level something magazine. It was just a regular, you know. It's mainstream. It was mainstream. Let me interject a little Wait, bit. Let, let, let me finish this for, for a second. It's not going to take long. It was a formative experience for me because, A, I realized that I could do better. B, that we literally, uh, at, at least there, and I would argue in many other examples in different areas of what people, uh, what the humankind does today, uh, there was actually availability of correct information, very deep knowledge, etc. There was something to be learned from that, something to be concluded, concluded from that, and something that you can build upon on top of that, which was, again, yet another big revelation for me, because it made me realize that... Uh, and this ties into the Twitter story very nicely, actually. It made me realize that uh, uh, there is a reason why I'm not using services like that. Because they're, for, from my perspective, they're a fundamental waste of time. For, uh, I prefer, uh, uh, that's why I mentioned, the Cronkites and Huntleys and whatnots of the world, of the, the journalists of the history, which were great personalities. And for the most part, they, have, they really have their role in history, in politics as well if you want to look at it this way, ending the Vietnam War, etc., etc. But here is, my, here is my point. We could be spending our time doing so, much, so many better things, um, inventing new things, which we stopped doing on average in the past couple of decades for the reality, for, for, from the standpoint of uh, real progress that we need to make as a humankind. We talked about this previously as well. Uh, and there are so many different things that could challenge you and which you can use as a challenge to improve your knowledge about something. Why would I want to waste that time on Twitter or something like that? Uh, again, I'm not dissing on Twitter or people using it. I understand. I went through the social media fix, but I also made a conscious effort not to do it anymore. And uh, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine so, with that. Uh, Internet Relay Chat is a perfect example of that. I spent a lot of time there. One day I said, I'm done. Okay, but you need to do this. This is the same as smoking because this is an addiction. I did did it with smoking. Yes, as well. this is this is an addiction. Yes, and the problem is that uh, I'm completely. I was completely with you up to the point when you said that not enough progress is being done. I think that the problem, uh, the progress is uh, ex being done and being done exponentially. But the problem is that uh, the sewage that comes out of the social media is being dumped even uh, even more on all the channels. So you need to be extremely, extremely, extremely uh, careful where do you get your information from in order to see what is actually being done. I'm talking about scientific progress. Yes, scientific. And no, no, you're completely wrong because statistically speaking, uh, if you wanted to do a little bit of checking to that, you could. I did. Couple some weeks ago, the the ratio of scientific papers and books being published in the world today, between let's say, uh, if you want to go into the politics, okay. between the Western and the Eastern part of the world, it has become completely the opposite to what it was ten years ago. I think that the main problem that we are seeing here is that 
the metrics that you're using, mm-hmm. books being published, is... No, no, scientific... Uh, no, scientific papers. Uh, papers, papers, books, yes, and yeah. applicable scientific knowledge. That's what I'm discussing. I Patents that, as well. Yes, but I think that the biggest problem is that a lot of technical knowledge and scientific knowledge has become a commodity, something to be sold. Mm-hmm. So I don't think that we are seeing enough of it because, for example, Chat AI, mm-hmm. uh, we saw some uh, data science being done. We said, everybody says, okay. And then suddenly we were faced with something that actually worked. Mm-hmm. Uh, we didn't see that the or the whole path to the uh, finished product. Mm-hmm. And we see how fast it is learning, how fast it is going to, uh, going, uh, going forward. So I think that you are missing, and me, I am missing, a huge part of scientific uh, advancements because scientists have decided to give up on the dissemination, the dissemination of knowledge because they fear mm-hmm. uh, paying, for the, paying for the magazines. Mm-hmm. They fear their knowledge being misused mm-hmm. and they are bound by different contracts with different uh, companies to be under the contract, not to say anything. Thank you for saying that. Don't you, don't you think that that's a problem that needs no, to be it's, solved? No, it's, it's a huge problem. Okay. But this is the thing that we need to talk about in uh, much more in depth. This is something that we need to talk. We are going to talk about education in one of the episodes later. I think but, it's going to be a serious, actually. Yes, because uh, the problem is that we are gatekeeping knowledge and we are gatekeeping knowledge for completely wrong reasons. Correct. And the same thing that is happening, uh, uh, the problem is that when you, uh, let's, let me, let's go back to 60s and 70s. Uh, I wasn't born then, you weren't born then, uh, but I'm a huge fan of Apple program and uh, I, have, I have read a lot of books about Apple program. And the thing that stands out is that uh, during the Apollo uh, and the Mercury and the Gemini programs, uh, all the journalists mm-hmm. started from having enormous amount of information about the spaceships themselves, mm-hmm. uh, including the diagrams, the theory of operation, the entire uh, mechanical and the technical and the electrical uh, engineering. Uh, engineering behind it. And then they created their articles out of this. So they had an enormous amount of information mm-hmm. to boil down to a normal person but the information was available. Mm-hmm. Right now, let's say you want to read about whatever is current uh, SLS or uh, SpaceX or whatever. SpaceX is completely proprietary. Mm-hmm. SLS is completely proprietary. Mm-hmm. You don't have the information that you need. So it's basically just... No, 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 uh, no information that you want. That you want. Uh, and basically just pretty pictures and a uh, big rocket goes up. Mm-hmm. Uh, so And hopefully it doesn't go boom. If it goes boom, it's better, because people like like things that go goes boom. Thank you for the sarcasm. Yes, but this is the problem. Yeah, I know. Because when we are, uh, there was a couple of successful launches of uh, SpaceX in the last couple of days. Uh, amazing thing is that you see a successful launch, and then you see a recap of everything that has exploded in the last ten years uh, regarding SpaceX. Why? Why do we care? Because we, we do care because. Uh, the biggest drama because from the perspective of today's media uh, a rocket that is nominal so actually flies is boring 
and they need something that explodes. We are going to talk about the media a lot because the media is forming public opinion and the media is creating a big mess out of it. Uh, partly because they don't know better and unfortunately partly because they want to. Uh, unfortunately right now there is a lot of media being influenced by money mm -hmm. and I'm going to go out on a limb and say that a lot of media is being uh, influenced because of the stupidity. What do you think? How much time it took for th this person uh, in Byte to write the 20-page article? Probably... Months. I don't think so. I don't think so. Not, 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 uh, I don't think it took anywhere near that, near that scale, and there's a reason why. Uh, again, with uh, with experience of working as... Okay, well, ju ju just uh, no, guesstimate. No, no. guesstimate. couple of days. Including all the graphics and everything else that needed yes, to be redrawn. Yes, because that, that article screams, I already did this. Okay, okay. But it took, it, it, it took him days mm -hmm. to write 20 pages of a um, constant article. Mm -hmm. Right now, most of the journalists that I know mm -hmm. don't have hours to write 10 articles. Mm -hmm. Because right now, an article is not something that is 20 pages long. Mm -hmm. It's something that is uh, SMS or too long. Mm -hmm. Uh, an article can be basically a bunch of words thrown, to, thrown together uh, if they make even the closest sense. Mm -hmm. So there is a joke in the in the industry right now that says that uh, the uh, the reason why ch uh, chat uh, AI is going to be noticeable in the modern uh, media is because it doesn't make mistakes and uh, at least the sentences make 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 sense. <laughs> That's cool. Uh, and this is the biggest problem that we are faced with uh, money. And lack of experience, if not calling it stupidity, of people who are accepting that they uh, are going to do an awful work uh, that is going to be completely superficial for such a small amount of money they're going to get out of the journalist business, business as quick as possible. Mm -hmm. And so we and are... become influencers probably. Yes. So it is. it has suddenly become... Uh, a bad thing to say that you are or you were a journalist. Correct. And it used to be a good thing. Yeah, honorable profession. Yes. So we have those problems. We can do another episode about this. And I think or a couple of them. A yeah, couple of them. It can become a series. It's good. That's uh, that's perfectly fine with me. No. Uh, so I know that I acted. Uh, I didn't actually act. I I uh, really do not use Twitter. I don't care about it. I don't care what Elon said about it. I don't care about the premise of Twitter. Reason being that I care about other things which are actually correct and, uh, you know, verified and stuff like that because there is a lot of, as I said, spewage there that shouldn't exist. Uh, there's a lot of unnecessary drama there which shouldn't exist. I think that people have a lot more important things to to do in life uh, if it's uh, about trying to get away from their problems i understand but there are better ways for that uh, hobbies sport music you know go out on, uh, on and have a drink with a friend that lost art of communication and social interaction between people you know uh, uh, that being said yes i understand now a little bit better why Twitter is important. No, I don't support that premise in any shape or form. 
And I really do not care if it's going to survive or not, and I hope it's not. Not because I want to be mean to the people using it. It's just because rationally I did really do not like what it's doing to the society. I would much, uh, much more prefer for a media like TikTok to uh, cease existing. Agreed because, times a hundred. Yes, because it has much greater reach. Yes. It creates a short attention span people who are easily amused and cannot comprehend uh, even the simplest of the sentences. And because they want the drama, they want the drama to last for 15 seconds. And, and then they move on to next drama. Then move to the next drama. So they want quickly served bad, 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 bad data. It's not even information. Mm -hmm. It just Something. blips. It just blips. Yeah. So this is one thing. And the other thing is that for the reasons that I mentioned before, I'm not going to go back into them, but I'm just going to say that I would heavily hate uh, for Twitter to become anything other than a publicly traded company because it's now it's a private company. Mm -hmm. And the reason why I hate this is because uh, right now you are you have basically created a tool that is owned by somebody. You don't know who that somebody is. And Elon is right now a front end. Mm -hmm. But somebody is going to run it. It's a tool that can influence a lot of people in a lot of ways. And I uh, pretty much dislike the idea of something like this even existing. Uh, so no, 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 not Twitter as Twitter, but to Twitter as a privately owned. That's what you want. No, to no, say. privately owned social media company. Yeah, okay. Because that's, I can live with. Uh, okay, I have learned to live with uh, stuff like Facebook, mm -hmm. which is publicly owned. So you have some idea how much money is going into it, how much money is being spent, on what is being spent. I don't care. Yes, but you have some idea. I don't care. Uh, you you don't care, mm -hmm. but I do care because I see that the problem for the society as such is is huge, and then I say, okay, I would like to have some information about what is happening. Uh, on the other side, all the all the experience that I know says that something even bigger and even uh probably worse worse is going to uh, replace twitter and facebook and everybody else because we have seen it happen yes we have seen uh you are uh, you are uh, old enough to say okay microsoft was too big to fail mm -hmm. then google came and said okay we are going to take over the internet and then everybody said google is too big to fail mm -hmm. it hasn't failed but it has faded away right now the biggest thing that we are talking about is AI. Uh, there is some talk about uh, ChatGPT becoming a source of information for people. Oh, Lord, help. Uh, and this is something that is uh, in line, completely in line with people, uh, people accepting whatever is being uh, said to them. Written on Twitter. No, no, no. Uh, being uh, given to them in small portions, mm -hmm. easily understandable and completely wrong. Because people like fast food. People don't like complex food because they don't want to wait for the food. People like fast food because it's simple, it's cheap, and you can get it whenever you want it. Mm -hmm. And this is the same with information. I heavily disagree, and I know that you do as well. Yes. Because the, the information is not supposed to be a per-order restaurant of fast food. Yes, but uh, Chat AI, Twitter, Facebook, 
It's know, basically, it's basically it is. this. Yeah, I know. They are people, the, people the Mac, like it. The, that's the McDonald's of the information. I'm not, not going to uh, to uh, name any names because at least... No, I'm just using it as a metaphor for fast food. Yes, but else. I'm going to uh, go with McDonald's right now uh, and say that with McDonald's, at least you know what the quality is going to be. It is not going to be great, but you know what the quality is going to be. With social media, the quality can go up and down. You are not going to notice anything, but you are going to eat the whole lot of it. And this is the biggest, this is the biggest problem. I just wanted to, so let's wrap this up. I just want to offer one closing statement. Oh, we have closing statements. Yeah, now. yeah. I just, uh, I think I have a good metaphor for this. From my standpoint, all of these social media networks that you mentioned are nothing more than Mexican soap operas. That's it. And people should be made to pay for it if they want the access to it. So that they are consciously spending money on something that is uh, that they're using. Because then this is going to make them uh, understand, okay, now I'm buying, consciously spending my money on something that is wrong. Mm -hmm. The same with cigarettes, the same with everything else. So you are making them make a conscious decision to buy something. And then suddenly you're going to see that people don't like drama so much. Because Why? Because it, uh, it costs something? Yes. I agree. Yes. And Do you uh, understand how irrational that is? No, how rational that is while being irrational? Mm, yes. And I can see that this should be a thing in the GDPR. <laughs> I, think, I think that there should be an exclusion in GDPR that you're going to say if a person is buying, actually paying for a service, this service is, uh, should be able to uh, use the, that person's data for whatever it wants because the user is it's stupid actively, enough, is stupid enough to buy. That. Yes. yes. So if you are buying a service, the service should be able to use your data however it, uh, it seems fit because you consciously are stupid enough to give this power to the service. Okay. And I think that paying for stuff is going to solve a lot of problems with the with the social media. Agreed, except for the blue, blue check mark. Uh, eight dollars. <laughs> yeah. Uh, with 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 asterisk when it applies. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So let's finish okay. these things up. Uh, do We've we? had some fun today yet again, and yeah, we'll see each other soon. And we are trying to keep it keep it short. Yeah, and we are doing a damn fun job with it. Yes. Okay. okay. So bye. Bye.